Hi everyone, welcome to the couch and Commissioner Wilson's virtual office hours. I can't believe we're back. It's been a week. I, know. I don't know what happened. This week was like a whirlwind. I know uh, we say that every week. A blink. <laughs> it was a blink of a week. Um, we have a very special guest here who I'm excited to introduce. But first, Commissioner, we have some updates on last night's OCPS yes. meeting. There's, it, we got to get through a little housekeeping. I want to thank the community for engagement on so many different pressing issues. And I can't wait to talk to our special guests about even bigger issues. And um, I want to thank the community who came out last night and who reached out about the bus depot um, in East Winter Garden. Um, just if I'm trying to catch up some people who haven't maybe heard of this yet, the Orange County's uh, West Tech, or now it's known as uh, Orange College, um, the Westside Campus. So it's East Winter Garden. There's a lot of activity right now, the county and the city in redeveloping an area that has historically, you know, actually Westside Tech was the first black grade school in West Orange County. And it was at the time called Drew, the Drew School, Drew High School, and was named after a black scientist who is really known as the grandfather of the blood bank. So um, here we are in Black History Month and honoring the contributions of black Americans and, and people in Central Florida, the black community. It was really a place of launching careers and, um, and some amazing community leaders and here we are, fast forward this many years, and the location is in the crosshairs of becoming the hub for buses, um, a depot. And so understandably, the community has concerns about what the impacts will be, what that's taking away and what that's bringing. The city of Winter Garden and uh, District 1 office, myself, we were you know, really pretty vocal about saying that it's an inappropriate location for a bus depot, that the the presentation that OCPS brought to explain the decision was very logistical. And, and we understand the need to have the location to put buses so that drivers aren't checking in across the county and then spending you know, a tremendous amount of time crossing the county to do their pickups and drop offs and then going back over. But that type of efficiency shouldn't be at the expense of a community um, and a community that is, so there's you know, the historic nature of the building and the location. The um, community that's been there for a long time that is really active right now and reinvesting in their community. And then on top of it, there are issues of the loss of a training program because this was a technical college. So some of those educational opportunities will be moving out of that area and the you know additional concerns about the impacts, environmental impacts and uh, social impacts. So residents folks so, I could not have put it any better than the residents who spoke last night about why this doesn't belong there. On the silver lining is that the district heard that. There were people there that were listening. It was a dialogue that our um, my um, counterpart at Orange County that is on the board there is really open to looking at problem solving and ideas for how we can find a location. And so on my side, I elevated a, the ask for finding, you know, is there some property that we can work with in the county inventory? So stay tuned, this is not done yet. And, I, and I'm so glad that this was the beginning and not just an announcement to the community that this was coming. Cause that was truly my fear was that they were making an announcement. And sometimes in a bureaucracy, those decisions are made and then they come out, they sort of just put it out there and they um, make everybody take it 
And so I, I'm very grateful for Orange County Public Schools' ability and willingness to listen to the community on this. And I look forward to finding a more appropriate location for that. Awesome. So if you have any questions or if maybe you want to see some video or the PowerPoint from last night, you can email district1 at ocfl.net and we can get you that information ASAP. Um, all right. So tonight at six o'clock, there is a community meeting over in the Avalon Rural Settlement area. It's actually, I think, at Bridgewater. At Bridgewater. Right. So the, the meeting itself is being held at Bridgewater Middle School. Um, I know that's not quite out to the Avalon Rural Settlement, but it, it's it's a nice big space and hopefully we'll be able to accommodate um, mm -hmm. if there are enough people that want to be able to speak and, and we can spread out. Um, there are there's an application for development in the rural settlement of a, a, a church. And this is the process is to come out to the community. I did speak with the applicant about my concerns about the, the footprint of the church. And, and in our comprehensive plan at Orange County, one of the things that really falls into the parameters of a rural settlement is restrictions on building sizes. And so my ask was when I met with the applicant, could we bring that into what the appropriate size would be as far as a footprint in the rural settlement? And they are very, um, they have a very set idea about what they want to bring to that area. So this is now the community's opportunity to weigh in and let them know whether or not you think it's a good fit. And um, it goes from there, there'll be continued process. It goes to be reviewed by the BZA. And, um, and so this isn't the beginning or the end of this hearing either, but hopefully if you're part of that community or if, the, if you know, rural settlements and keeping rural settlements rural is important to you, this is your chance to weigh in. If you can't make it, throw us an email, let us know. We can still pass that information along. Um, this is really an important thing for our constituency to make sure that they're being heard. And Drew, behind the camera, will be recording it so that we can send it out to you in case you do miss it. Yeah, you guys can't see, but we got Drew right here. So we always... We got to <laughs> toot his horn. So you know, yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And then, of course, we, you know, Commissioner, you've been at every single redistricting meeting and it's coming up at the BCC. So I've been really concerned because District 1 grew really fast and has the most residents right now, which means that I know there were people who I've been engaged with that this office is working on issues with that will be redistricted into another district. And so the final map will be presented or two maps will really be presented to the Board of County Commissioners on Tuesday. And um, once the legislature basically closes session, we are it's locked in. So if there are any final concerns about the way that redistricting of your county commission looks and, and you have a question, you're on the line there, you're not sure, are you in, are you out? Do you get a one or two? Just give us a call, send us an email. Um, there will be public comment um, that they can take on Tuesday if you have specific concerns. And this is your right. There are constitutional principles that are protected every time we go to redistricting. And those constitutional principles are, you know, upheld by the Board of County Commissioners, but sometimes hearing them, you know, restated by the public, it doesn't hurt. So if you're interested, please come out, please take a look at those and just let us know if you have any questions. Awesome. And feel free to drop your comments in the comment box. We can answer them live after at the end. Um, so we just went past uh, Valentine's Day. And when I think about Valentine's Day, I think about love. I think about loving my community. I love my community. It's super inclusive, diverse. We're working every day to make it more equitable. 
And I can't think of anyone who is working even harder than Robin right here. <laughs> so true. I am a mega so fan. <laughs> yes, uh, let's just give her a warm welcome while we've got her here. Yes, yes, yes. We actually met at an environmental, uh, Orange County Environmental Democratic Caucus meeting. Yes. Talking about loving the planet. Yeah, it's very true. And that's when I met you and found out that you're actually a huge activist for LGBTQ rights. Yes. And I then am. I followed you on Facebook and I've just got, fallen in love with you. <laughs> oh. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, my name is Robin Witt. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I am a board member of the Rainbow Democrats here in Orange County. My work is in LGBTQ plus advocacy. Uh, so right now we're our big focus is, is in two areas. It is the school boards. Um, because we all know that there's a huge effort to ban LGBTQ plus books in addition to um, books focusing on um, black lives or immigrant experiences. And my other area would be in the uh, legislative session in Tallahassee, where we are seeing 22 anti-LGBTQ plus bills move through the session. Uh, some of them are moving very fast. Luckily, many of them are not moving at all. But uh, it's, it's, it's the principle of the thing. It's the fact that they're trying. And that's not to say that uh, Democrats aren't trying. There's um, 19 pro-LGBTQ uh, plus bills. So, you know, it's pretty balanced. It's just because it is a, a majority, um, or rather because Democrats are in the minority and there's just not enough allies across the aisle um, to help us with our priorities, then, um, well, we just can't push our stuff as as far as we would like to. And uh, they're able to um, the the majority that the majority, because it's not all Republicans, of course, it's unfortunately there's uh, one or two Democrats who side on the anti LGBTQ side. But it's um, unfortunately, there's enough of them to push through these bills. And I think that's uh, we can talk about some of them. Yeah. So, Robin, this is something that, you know, so often in our society right now, things are polarized and things there is this corner and that corner and this aisle and that aisle. We pull all of that off and we just talk about humans. We talk about the human experience. Absolutely. We always find that we have more in common with the people that have cloaked themselves oftentimes in those titles, whatever yeah. the side of the aisle is, whatever the, the group of pundancy. And so I guess what I have, what has been really alarming for, for me at, in local government and as somebody who cares about the humans in my life and in, in our community is what are the real impacts of some of these? And I mean, you know, let's kind of go with the, uh, the ones that have the best chance of being put through? What are the real life, real world impacts that we may be seeing? So we can start with um, House Bill 7, which is, uh, let me pull up my notes here. It's the Stop Woke Act. So Governor Ron DeSantis uh, premiered this a few months ago uh, to much uh, perceived fanfare. Uh, the idea of this bill is essentially to eliminate training on diversity, equity, and implicit bias that are key to creating inclusive respect and respectful workplaces. So what this essentially means is that if your business or your school has implicit bias or like my workplace has unconscious bias training, we do 
plenty of our uh, employee resource groups do tons of trainings about, uh, you know, LGBTQ plus acceptance and stuff like that. And it's just, you know, if you're not familiar with this, with this group of people, come to this training and become familiar. Right. It's purely educational. And it's um, what they're saying is that if your business or school offers these trainings to its employees, uh, they're, they're going to be outlawing that. And if you do offer those trainings and somebody claims that the training made them feel guilty or distressed or psychologically, whatever, this is, this is the quotes from the, the bill are, if it makes you feel discomfort, guilt, um, psychological distress, then uh, they, that person would have grounds to sue their employer or uh, the school, or if their teacher could sue, sue the school, or uh, this also applies to students. So if a teacher is educated, is, is teaching something like uh, really anything, Let's say you're in the, the first grade and someone brings up, and this is also related to another bill and we'll get to that later, but uh, whenever a, uh, a teacher decides to teach something about uh, LGBTQ plus history, black history, immigrant history, Asian American history, uh, which is- there's history? A, yeah, history, exactly. <laughs> if, basically American history, history because- you know, World history. Um, there's, there's no part of history that's that's, that's touched by only one group of people. That's right. Um, and so if a teacher in like history class, if you're covering uh, root cause of injustice or the history of discrimination, parents who don't like that can then sue the teacher. That's what this bill does. So bigoted parents or parents who are just, who find themselves a little uncomfortable when they're around topics that go against what they were always raised, um, might, uh, instead of educating themselves and uh, coming to and really trying to figure out what it is that they're missing, uh, they could just sue the teachers. I or... mean, and I, so I, you know, and I like in my head, I think about how this governor in his administration has proudly proclaimed Florida to be the freest state. <laughs> and in the freest state now, we are essentially telling business owners, teachers, anybody in a, in a workplace that if a coworker looks at them and says, the Holocaust wasn't real, we didn't, there were no Jews killed in the Holocaust. And if somebody says back to them, well, actually, let me give you some information about that. The, the person that's actually got the historical reference <laughs> is in the wrong. Yeah. That's and is culpable under, would be under the law liable of Basically, if you teach the right thing, you're you're liable to be sued. So, so if you're not part of the LGBTQ plus community, if you're not a person of color, if you're not a person who's from an immigrant family, but know that everybody here <laughs> in this country had to fight for the rights to be in this yeah. country, right? Except yeah. for our indigenous people who are still fighting for the rights to be in this country, yeah. which means that there is no one safe no. under what this is this 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 bill. There is no one safe. There yeah, is no it, it's it's incredibly vague, and a lot of people are saying it's probably unconstitutional. But that that's not the point. The impact of this bill is to pass it and provide red meat to voters who think similarly and to yeah. chill and to chill everybody. Right. So if you're having a discussion, an open discussion in a in a classroom setting or in a training at your business, and there's any potential risk of of litigation, I mean, we've been in so many settings mm -hmm. where people are like. 
well, they don't do that because someone can sue. And, and, you know, as an attorney, nine times out of 10, I'm like, no, they can't actually, there has to be something more substantial than that, but it doesn't matter because if the threat of being sued removes it from the agenda, removes it from the discussion, removes Mm -hmm. it from the syllabus, then it had its intended effect. Yeah. Even if this bill gets, uh, doesn't, even if this bill doesn't pass, which right now, uh, HB seven has passed all three of its committee assigned committees and it's just awaiting to be heard on the house floor and its Senate counterpart is it's passed its first committee. Uh, they'll probably just go with the house bill version though. Uh, because the two versions I don't think are exactly the same. So, which is uh, not common either, is it? No, not really. Which, no. which so, says even more yeah, about um, the repugnant nature. Of- so explain why that's not common. Because I think this is one of these that if you track lawmaking, there's definitely some things that look more typical of of sort of the evolution of a law. Mm-hmm. Right. In a, in a typical system, two bills are fought. First, one bill is filed. It can be on either chamber, the House or the Senate in Florida. And it has to go through its assigned committees, usually three. And in each committee, it has opportunities for amendments, conversation, Mm -hmm. public comment. And um, and then it goes to a vote for the floor of that chamber. Uh, In order for the actual language to become law, it has to have an identical counterpart in the other chamber, which is what Robin was saying about the Senate companion. So usually what happens is throughout each of those bills, kind of parallel committee stops, they negotiate with each other at the end about what they're willing to give and take from each bill and have an agreed upon final bill. And so it's a longer process. It gets a little more scrutiny to have a bill. It's the idea of a bicameral bicameral government is you work out all of the nuances so that people are getting representative government. Right. And so you've got the house, which, you know, was intended to be for the populace. You right. get the Senate, which is a small, and then they're supposed to work through these things. Right. And so for the Florida Senate to forgo the opportunities for amendment of the bill and to forgo the opportunities of scrutiny for the bill, to me, as somebody who watches these things, says a lot about the mm-hmm. motivation to get it passed, which is disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> and can I just say, like, so I went to school to become a teacher because every strong woman in my life was a teacher and every strong woman in Thank my you, life teachers. taught me out of becoming a teacher when I was in school because they said, I can't do my job. And that was 10 years ago. So I just want to hug every teacher out there right now because your job is being politicized. Yeah, and, and, used if, as and if this passes and you get sued for discussing academic curriculum in an open environment, there's an army of attorneys that are coming to help you, I promise. Yeah. I promise you that. So some of the some of the ways uh, under this bill, uh, employees could sue employers is if they claim feeling a feeling of discomfort during uh, equity and inclusion training. It's if they feel if they feel guilt for being a man after attending sexual harassment training. That's another no. thing. That's, yeah. No, that's another thing that's being affected. <laughs> Come on. Is sexual harassment training. It's effective. We have to get through this. We can't that's even sorry. make this up. This that, is that's, this, um, you can tell it's unscripted. It's, it's one of those points that kind of goes undersold. Yeah, sexual harassment training is part of this. This is part of what they're trying to ban. So if you think of all the good sexual harassment ha- training, not sexual harassment, sexual <laughs> harassment training yeah, has done yeah. in the workplace to provide a, a safe place for women to work. Right. And all that's going to could go out the window. And has a long history of even still being sort of deficient. But we're it getting is there. Deficient. And I think the other thing that's really crazy about this is that these people who are 
are pushing, putting forward this bill and supporting this bill and who are championing this are the same ones that many conservatives I know voted for because they said that they were for small government. I can't think of anything less small government <laughs> than a government that's oh. willing to walk into every boardroom, every business, every classroom and tell you what you can and can't talk uh, about. Small government is, uh, is it's a red herring. So it's yeah. illusion. Um, it is. That's just one. Yeah. This, out of 22, let's go to yeah. the next one. <laughs> well, I'll talk, uh, we'll go through in detail two of them because they're the two that are moving the fastest. So okay. the second one we'll talk about is uh, HB 1557 and Senate Bill 1834. It's the don't say gay bill. So uh, this bill you've probably heard about a lot in the, it's because it's uh, taken off in the news media. You might've seen Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith Thank on you. CNN. And uh, so essentially what this, is, this bill says is it bans discussion of sexual orientation or gender identity. So basically LGBTQ plus people uh, from primary school classrooms or anything deemed uh, in a manner that is not age appropriate at any level of school. So not too vague. Oh yeah, not too vague. So it's, it's, that's being sarcastic. It is incredibly vague. So they can, they can, uh, they can apply this to any LGBTQ plus topic at any level of education, uh, K through 12. And what the impact of this is a first grader with two dads cannot talk about their two dads cannot bring one of their dads or both of their dads in for career day. What are you doing? Um, and you know, LGBT, LGBTQ plus kids can't talk about their, can't share who they are, can't be open. That's the point. And what about, and, you know, you think about the history of a Burgersfeld and the idea of, yep. you know, the, the marriage equality act. And are we just going to open up the books of that piece of history and just yeah, you can't talk tear about, them out? Um, the Supreme Court decision, you can't talk about Stonewall, can't talk about, and it's, um, Equality Florida just put out a TV ad about this, Yeah, where um, a kid brought up her two moms and then sirens go off in the classroom. I mean, it's dramatic, but it's effectively what it is. It's, Mm -hmm. it gives grounds to sue, gives parents grounds to sue if any of these topics are discussed in a classroom. Um, So if the kid, if the kid with two moms talks about their two moms, well, Susan's, anti uh or rather just homophobic yeah. mom could then sue the teacher and it's you know it's it's bizarre so it is really bizarre house bill the, the impacts of this is they're trying to they're trying to force lgbtq plus kids back in the closet now or out of public schools my other theory is that what they, out of what they want to do is basically dismantle all the things that make a great school system mm-hmm. and one of those free thoughts well, and they started that a long time ago yes. i went to school yeah. in florida yes and, and to they see these under the undermining of from all fronts and i think that this is one of those because we all it, you know you think about the people in your life that you know that this will affect Yep. And what it does to me is make me want to protect them mm-hmm. enough to not let them go to a public school so that I can make sure that they are not penalized for being who they are but or for having two moms or for having. If you try to go to a private school, right. those are even more discriminatory. So right. it's just an, it's a pushing it right back and, and they have, they have legal options to discriminate too, right? Because yes. they have cover. Yes. Which uh, they shouldn't they, because they they're also they getting get, funds from the, right, they're not right. uh, playing on the same rule book. Right. And it's depressing, honestly. So let's talk a little bit about the emotional impact of that, right? So Mm -hmm. you're a child. I know my best friend, he 
we were in a very inclusive setting at our school. People were openly gay at our school, but he was so terrified. Mm -hmm. I put a, um, a rainbow ribbon. You know how they had those like awareness ribbons. I put one of those on his truck and he ripped it off in tears because he was so scared that his truck was going to get keyed at school. And even though acts like that weren't happening all the time, just the inherent fear was crippling for someone who wasn't out. Imagine this, where you can't talk to your teacher. Mm-hmm. You can't the trusted adult talk to anyone. Yeah. You're literally forced. And even if you do, if you're a teacher, you see some a child suffering. You can't do your job and be that empathetic tool that is so needed in development. Yeah, where's the humanity in that? It's just, I'm, I mean, it is. Well, that's the thing. It's like, we know these bills are most likely unconstitutional, but... It, it doesn't really matter because just getting them out there and getting them pressed, regardless if they pass, right. unfortunately, it looks like some of these might, but it's regardless if they do or don't, the point is the fear. The point yeah. is to rile up their base that likes this sort of stuff and then drive fear into the rest of us. And right. um, we look at like, what is the impact on kids? Yeah. So already right now, of trans high schoolers are attempt, uh, 36% of trans high schoolers are attempting suicide. That's not thinking about it. They are attempting. And so you think that's one in three, that's one in three. And in, in the state of Florida, uh, since statistically 2% of high schoolers are trans or non-binary, uh, and that's according to a CDC study. So, Mm -hmm. That would mean in Florida, that's about 17,000 students, right. where a third of them are actively, statistically at least, actively attempting suicide. Oh with two-thirds of the that's total, um, two-thirds of the total being contemplating. Mm-hmm. So it's, and this just makes it worse. If, if the little freedom that's allowed to LGBTQ plus students, especially trans and non-binary students, if, if that little freedom is then taken away and, and, and they are ostracized further and further, that suicidality is just going, going to go up. Which and is what I think their motive is. I think that they're happy to see people suffer. It's not yeah. even about what the outcome is in terms of our schools. It's that suffering that I think is I don't the know. motive. I don't and know, but I want to say something. I want to talk defense. to anybody who's listening who needs to hear this. They don't represent me. Right. They don't yeah. represent this office. They don't represent the people I know here mm-hmm. in Central Florida and all over Florida who love you, who see you, and who will fight for you. And mm-hmm. I am embarrassed to be from a, a state that says we don't love you. We don't want you. It's not, they don't speak for us. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm frustrated right now. We're having this conversation, yeah. but the fight will go on. And it's I want you to know state. that. Right. The fight will go on. It's important to remember, right, like you said, it's a swing state. We're not a red state. We're a purple state. We get so close every time at our statewide elections. So it is important, important, important to vote and vote by mail (laughs) Mm -hmm. if you can, because it is is so much easier to vote when the ballot comes to you. And then if you're concerned about mailing it back, drop it off. Drop it off at a early voting location or something. That takes safe, care of secure, and if you have and questions about that, go to Bill in your Orange County. Go to the the our Supervisor of Elections website. is a wealth of information. 
help the people you know who care about this. I think about my young people and at 16, you can go in and get your driver's license. You register to vote that day. And then you get onto the, the supervisor of elections website and you make sure they're sending you your ballot. And then we'll get these creeps out of there. And, and they don't speak for us. They don't speak for you. And, and no more of that. I'm <laughs> so just a couple more uh, red meat sort of bills that aren't moving. But we may, you never know because you can see them. This is what they did with the anti-trans sports ban last year. Exactly. Is they brought it in as it's an, an amendment, amendment to a bill. So any of these bills, regardless if they're moving or not, we could see again. It's not over until the close of business, March 11th. Okay. So uh, another one would be, of course, well, we have the 15-week abortion ban, which is moving. And that does affect it, LGBTQ it plus people. It passed last night. Yeah, it, it passed the House, the House last night. And now it's in the Senate Appropriations Committee. Uh, so the, if it passes the Senate Appropriations Committee, which it will, and then it passes the Senate floor, it will then move on to the governor's desk. So um, that's, yeah, that passed the House last night. And so expect to see that in the Senate Appropriations Committee next week. In the freest state, you have no rights. Yeah, it doesn't matter if your 11 year old daughter was raped. It doesn't matter if there was a case of incest. They don't care. Yeah, yeah they don't, there's, they no, don't care. there's no exclusions for that. They there's, don't care. No exceptions. It's it's right. barbaric. And then we look at House Bill 35 and Senate Bill 244. This is a partisan school board elections. This one's not moving. Yeah. But the last thing the school board needed, the school board, last thing the school board needs is to be partisan. Oh my gosh, they've been like, so the, under attack. From, right, it needs to be a not. That's a. And you know these are non-partisan seats, and clearly I'm a progressive. But you all know that we agree so often on all the things that matter in our community, and it's one of the reasons I love being the representative of West Orange County. But you think about what's going on in these school boards across the state and across the country, and the need for them to stay focused on what's best for the children. What's what is the best educational outcome going right. to be, and it's. Yeah, it's very yeah. dangerous. And we're seeing with the school boards is there was, you know, there's always disagreements, but they were largely nonpartisan. They behaved right. in a nonpartisan way. And what we're seeing lately is groups of these partisan groups bringing in lies, bringing in mm-hmm. um, conspiracy theories and trying to promote that and force school boards uh, to do what they say. Under the, under threats, right? Mm-hmm. And under the guise of it being for, you know, and, and I think pro, they they call it pro freedom, but it's not. It's it's quite literally the opposite. It's censorship and, and um, so this is just to make it easier for them. If they have partisan uh, elections. It makes it easier for one side or the other to get elected. Um, that bill's not moving, but you never neither of the bills are moving, but you never know when we could see it. So another one would be in this. Then we'll talk about some some happier ones. Okay. That unfortunately aren't moving, but we'll talk about happier ones. Happy ones, yeah. So it's uh, House Bill 747 and Senate Bill 1820. This is the medical conscious, conscious bill. So what this does is it gives healthcare providers and, ins- and insurance companies the ability to deny coverage or deny services to anybody based on their moral or... Um, ethical or some other vague standing. So basically this means a doctor, an insurance company, they could deny me being a transgender woman. They could deny me, they could deny kids, LGBTQ plus kids or the kids of LGBTQ plus parents, anything, 
even life-saving life care, healthcare. all because the doctor or the insurance company doesn't believe that being gay or being trans is quote unquote moral. It's, it is, this used to be a thing. We got rid of this a long time ago and now it's back. Now, luckily this bill doesn't seem to be moving. Granted, keep it, keep that with the little it's footnote. It's terrifying because I think the idea- passed, I have to move. Uh, right? I was just thinking about how many actual doctors yeah. will go. I mean, because it is a violation of their Hippocratic oath. You know, my husband's a, a physician. If someone, you know, that he was relying on as somebody else in a, in a room as a medical professional made a decision like that, I mean, you can imagine what kind of tension that that would cause in an operating room, and and, and rightly so. I mean, we're mm-hmm. we're talking about major archaic. <laughs> like, uh, are there bills to that? If regardless, if someone's unconscious, let's say and you go to the hospital, you have to help them even if you can't confirm that they have insurance. Yes, this, but con- this, this would change that, con- right? This would change that, but it's also a huge conflict with tons of other federal level. Right, yes. like the Good the Samaritan laws. So, and well, that's stuff, a, right? but, but there's if you think a, about medical licensure, this even, would be medical licensure sure. is, is, you know, a Hippocratic Oath and the licensure that, you know, comes with ethics. No, those ethics are that you take care, that you do no harm, that you right, take right, care of right. people and you preserve life at all costs. You know, and that right. is their... And no insurance company in their right mind would actually do this. Right. But because they will get sued at a federal level or they'll get sued at some other, in some other state. It, it You know, it's... it's um, actually, I don't think you can get sued in another state for a Florida law. But the... Um, the no doctor in their right mind would do this, but it's the principle. Mm-hmm. It's that one percent who would, mm-hmm. and it's. Uh, it's I'm very glad it's not moving. And it's the effect. It's the, it's the effect. It's to rally well, the base. And and base. once again, it is taking us back to the idea that being LGBTQ is a choice, yeah. and that yes. it's not moral. And that you have an option. You hit the nail on the head. Every single one of these. Every single one. Every single one. You can trace it back to these, the authors or the the nonprofits from out of state that wrote these bills because they're not written by the representatives and senators Mm -hmm. in Tallahassee. It's those people do not in the supporters of these bills do not believe, do not believe us, do not believe doctors or scientists, don't believe anybody when we tell them that being gay, being trans, we're born that way. Lady Gaga had it right. Yes. Um, we're, we are quite literally born that way. We, it is not a choice. And it, it, but that's what they believe. Gaga, we need you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so some happier ones. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and I think I just, I, I just want everybody out there who doesn't feel like these things affect them to do a personal inventory mm-hmm. and think about the people you love and think about love and think about if you are a Christian and what the idea of being a welcoming, loving Christian person is. If you, if, if you belong to another faith and, in in you know, I think the overarching principles with the people I know that are people of faith is the idea of acceptance and love. And it, this, these are contradictory to that. These are hate filled and punitive. And I believe in the separation of church and state. And I believe that we should be making laws based on our social contract. And 
But my goodness, if you are somebody who does vote with that conscience, if you have somebody you love who you know this will hurt or you know that someone they love will be hurt, then please help speak up right now about these things because, you know, it's that idea of, you know, first they came from for this group and this yeah. group. And I think, and it's interesting when you watch during elections, you want to see people get stuff done. And I mean, getting voters registered and having a, an organized caucus. You look to the groups whose rights have been at risk all along. And I think about your caucus and I think about the work that you're, you do as an advocate. And I think about every single person I know should treat democracy the same way. Right. Mm -hmm. It is fragile for everyone. So I just, you know, I'm asking my, my friends and colleagues and neighbors, just do a personal inventory. Think about our state, our community, and what do we want? Right. What do we want? We want to be inclusive. We want to show that love is more important than politics. We want to show that that nobody is in danger of losing their health care because of who they love or who they are. And I just, you know, we just have to keep reminding everyone. Right. I just have to say they're contradicting themselves a lot because, you know, we just heard about the House Bill 403, the preemption bill, that basically any local government yeah. that does anything that can, to affect businesses are now in a position where they can be sued. You know, the LGBTQ community is a huge chunk oh of the business of the medical yeah. providers and up there, right. they would be hurting those businesses and costing jobs. That's right. But I mean, they're pushing it forward. You know, well, luckily that well, Bring it down, down to even West Orange County, my district. Gay days at Disney and the economic right. the economic boost we all get. And, and let me tell you, I wouldn't do it. Right. If, these, if these things go, you know, we right. stick with our pocketbooks when all else fails, right? Right. And and I think that that, that is exactly right. That, you know, if, and it is contradictory. They don't want the local government to enact things and, and that may that they feel like may you know be burdensome to and i think those come up more often than not in development and in pollution um but this is this would be devastating mm -hmm. as far as the way that you know you talk about rolling in the welcome mat and telling people we don't want you here i can't think of anything scarier than going on vacation in a state that if my wife you know starts to have an aneurysm that i can't call 911 because i'm not sure if they'll yeah. See my, my, you know, I mean, what is what right. does that say? And I just think about like even the the trainings, like the the bias trainings. Like there are third party companies that that's their entire model is to come in and help companies become Make sure more that they're aware getting... of different issues. Now that's an entire industry that is going to get cut here in the state, and those are jobs. That's money. Yeah, that's going to get cut. So it's just contradictory. So some of the uh, pro. LGBTQ plus. I'm like, pride. sorry, bring it so back. Is, um, I'll just run through a quick Drew's list laughing. of them. It's not all encompassing. Like I said, there's nine, There's between the House and the Senate, there's like 19. Plus you have dozens and dozens of bills that are intersectional okay. um, and do affect the LGBTQ plus community, but maybe about climate change or maybe right. about healthcare. Um, so uh, some of the, the major ones are repealing the transports ban that was passed last year. Oh, great. Uh, so expanding hate crimes law to include gender and gender identity 
It is outlawing the gay and trans panic legal defense. That one's brought forward by Orange County's own Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith. Thank you, Carlos Guillermo Add a non-binary gender marker option to state licenses. That's by Osceola County's uh, Rep. Arrington. And uh, modernize HIV laws, outlaw conversion therapy. There's so much more. But unfortunately, they can't get traction on any of these because it's it's not like there are Republicans who support these bills. It's it's just in Ron DeSantis's Florida, they cannot, they are not allowed to cross that line. They have to toe the line. Otherwise, they, they they don't get anything they want for their districts. They might get primaried. They uh, yeah. they will be ostracized. So it's... And, and then for the Democrats in the minority, despite all of them, or at least almost all of them, all but one, uh, <laughs> being in support of these bills, mm-hmm. they're so far in the minority that they, they need the support of those Republicans. But as long as they're not allowed to actually work together as long as the leadership is not allowing the two aisle, the two sides of the aisle to work together because it's really the leadership mm-hmm, if right. you try to do it the leadership will ostracize you and it's nothing I gets mean, done I, and I think it's a, a something that I I'm, have seen again and again and again and I think it's important to point out that unlike local government where there's local control and you can really talk about what your community has told you mm-hmm. is a priority that so many of these decisions are coming from special interest groups out of state and then sponsored yep. by a representative from a, an area of Florida that isn't going to be the most impacted. Right. And, and you know, I even want to speak to that because I feel like that's what we say, but there are queer people in rural Florida. Yes. And I'm they exist <laughs> yes. and they need to be protected too. Yes. And acting like they don't is... Mm-hmm. A falsehood, obviously, right. and yeah. endangers them. It's just harder to vote significantly. <laughs> right, right. We're not even opposed. Like some of those. It's just so ridiculous the way we geographically like, separate that like, line. There's, there's so many representatives and senators in North Florida or the middle of nowhere Florida that do support us, right. but they can't cross that line. And it's like right. I'm also a rural, uh, an LGBTQ plus person from rural, yeah. from rural Florida, and it's. It's, it's like we exist and right. we vote. And part of what the Rainbow Democrats does and what all the chapters and all the other counties do is we try to make as much noise as we can to, to give a voice to all of those people, even in the most rural right. of counties. Mm-hmm. And it's... Um, I mean, and we talked about this before we went live. I think also, you know, if this, if this is something that's interesting to you, Join, join an organization, speak up, yep. become an advocate. I think, you know, someone in my family that I love very much felt very hopeless and helpless until they, they were able to participate in the process of advocacy. And I think, you know, from there, maybe consider running yeah. because the best thing we can do is, you know, put people in the seats who are in that community who then have a voice literally in the room where these things are being discussed. And, you know, for all of this to fall on Carlos Guillermo Smith's shoulders, and I know he's not the only, and Anna Escamani, but I just think Thompson. Oh, Geraldine Thompson. Yes. Listen, basically all the Democrats representing Orange County. Orange County. Yes. (laughs) Or in a little blue bubble. But I meant the fact that, that, you know, he he as a proud gay man who is, you know, feels 
you know, the weight sort of of the burden of a community on him. Wouldn't it be nice if every, you know, every corner of Florida had a Carlos Guillermo Smith to, mm-hmm. to speak up? Because then you would have some from across the line. You know, if you, you would have some that were purple, blue, red. And, and that's, I mean, it, so if you're thinking about it, it doesn't matter if you, you know, if you were raised in a conservative house, if you had a, you know, uh, if you part of the Young Republicans Club, no one cares. What, what matters to you? And if, if part of that is the freedom to love who you want to love, then this is still an issue that you should really worry about these bills and that people in your party maybe aren't considering thinking outside of the box for their constituents because they're being told to step in line. Right. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, I feel like a lot of Republicans are a little bit more on that, like, moderate. Like they, These are very extreme, very extreme bills that are just radicalizing the voice of what being a Republican is. Like, I kind of feel like strategically that's happening across the country to try. And I don't know if it's a distraction. I don't know if it's just they want us to all be divided and polarized. And so they're just shooting at the sky, even though many Republicans, I don't believe, feel this way, feel this kind of hate. They're very hateful bills. So I'm just wondering if you think there's a strategy in just rallying the base just to make it so that more and more Republicans that are extreme are moving here because they feel aligned with that feeling so that maybe there's a long-term goal for DeSantis to run for president or something. You've hit the nail on the head. This is exactly what it's about. It is, uh, I call it red meat because it's, it's meant to bring a specific subset of their base into a frenzy and so you have like uh there's rumors that the governor might try and run for president after um uh sometime in 2024 so and regardless he's running for re-election this year and so a lot of this is regardless if it passes or not it's just to rally the base who will who will support him he, he wants and, and to bring people into the state. He wants the, because when we talk about, he ta- he calls it the free state of Florida, but we all know that's not what that means. Yeah, It's mm-hmm. free if you're white. It's free if you're a man. It's free if you're cisgender. It's free if you're straight. And it's if you are pretty much a combination of all four of those. And that's not a lot of people, though. No, I mean, but the rest of you know, I mean, the rest of the world is even those people too that care about the environment. Right. They're going out fishing and they're seeing everything's dead. That's what I'm saying. That like, there's who are so they much really rallying? And, and, and it, it, they're rallying a minority who are it's the most loud. likely to vote right. because the the That's Republicans the and the Democrats who are more moderate might get will most likely get turned off by all of this mm-hmm. and not want to show up because right. they don't want to. The, they don't want to show up. They don't, they've, everyone believes now that everything is so partisan. The, all the, the supposedly all the Democrats are socialists, but all the Republicans so are fascists. Just, yeah. So my, but like, my thing is, reality, just set that aside. it is a minor, like the, the real problem is the minority of people that are actually trying to, to create a supremacist Florida. Right. That is what Ron DeSantis supports. And what, what you need to do is if you oppose that kind of supremacist thinking vote vote for 
the other person. If I, I don't if, want to tell you to vote blue because sometimes, you know, in some no, counties I, it's too red. Yeah, people, and, I, but, you know, right, and I think also ask the questions. County, it's vote blue, you, you know, and ask, <laughs> ask the questions. So I think the, the other part is, and it was an interesting thing for me running in a nonpartisan seat that, you know, people would ask me, are you this or this? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm a registered Democrat. It's not a secret. I'm a, I'm been part of the party forever and ever. But my, but my question back is, what do you care about? What are the issue? What is the yeah. issue that you that you are bringing to this? And for my, you know, many of my Republican friends and conservative friends, there really was this idea of of losing freedoms. They don't fret on me. That don't be in yeah. my business. All, this, over all of these bills yeah. are literally an intrusion into your business, your classroom, yeah. your. So you know, just try to also focus on those things. We talk about you know, that conservatism and conservation have always gone hand in hand. This idea of, you know, having um, places set aside for the future was sort of a conservative thing. Now, you know, there's not, we don't red or blue oxygen or water, right? right? So we need to think of humans in a, in a very different way in order to get past what I see is, you know, at least these next two cycles of elections, right? I mean, I don't know what's going to, I don't know what the future, I don't have a crystal ball. <laughs> but I know a lot of compassionate people. And I know a lot of people who really care about these issues, who really are so turned off that they don't show up to anything at all, period. Because it is, right. it's ugly. These are, yeah. these are exactly. hateful. Well, that's, yeah, it's see, hateful. I don't these know. Are, because you're saying that these bills are rallying up the sliver of people who actually are entertaining these concepts. But it's pissing off everybody else, like to the point where I feel like they're campaigning for Democrats for us by trying to pass this bullcrap because I'm angry now. I'm going to march to the polls. It's two pronged because they're also saying that all the Democrats are socialist, fascist, Antifa, whatever. Right. So what they do is not show up. So they don't show up or they tell the line. Right. Many people out there are like, I don't fall into either of those categories. And, and support the actual bad bills and bad legislation. And media literacy is at an all-time low. Yeah. yeah. So it, you're right. It should make more sense. Right. It should be a lot. It should be more obvious what they're doing, but it isn't, unfortunately. And it's why it's... And this isn't new. This has been going on for decades. It's right. been slowly getting worse and worse for a long time. You think about how... Um, what the news was like around the Bill Clinton impeachment mm-hmm. and how how hyped up and how uh, so how many See, I'm, I'm enough, I remember that <laughs> I was still a kid but I remember that and it was like kind of crazy because you know that was right. that was a yeah. news cycle for how long and now the news cycles are like minutes long yeah and right. I think and I, actually and it is another really good thought though about media literacy and being in a time where we do have, and I know we're, we're using a social media platform right now to yeah. communicate. And I'm grateful for that medium because otherwise we would need the money to have a, you know, a production. And, and I do think there's a more democratic way to come straight to people this way. And especially during COVID, but I ask everybody to cite your sources, you know, mm-hmm. so if somebody yeah. who comes and has a, a, you know, some kind of, piece of information that they feel like is a substantial piece of information that is the basis for some of these hate-based laws, bills, I'm like, cite your sources. And Wikipedia doesn't count. 
Wikipedia doesn't count, cite your sources, <laughs> back up those, you know, and I think before people share things, I, you know, I'm always like, please, please, please take a few minutes before you share something on social media. Take a few minutes, take a step back, read about it, find out what, you know, what is the history of that? What is the, and that's on us. That's on, that's on us. And, you know, anytime that, that we have anything that we think is a good resource, <laughs> we're trying to get it out there, you know, so make sure you share with us too. We will continue to get it out there, but. Right. But we follow just, Rainbow Democrats on yeah. Facebook, Twitter, oh, that's and awesome. Right. Well, and I YouTube just, and Spotify and Spotify. Um, I just um, well, we just we, we, no, we record uh, in the uh, 2020 election. We did uh, debates and stuff, and so I put the audio version on Spotify. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. I'm very gonna follow cool. you on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. well, Commissioner, so, I just think you're a prime example of how for too long. District 1 was run by basically private corporate interests mm -hmm. that made decisions that didn't take into consideration so the quality cool. of life of the people there to the point where, to this day, we get constituents who are overtly Republican who call us and say, I love you guys. Thank you so much because it's yeah. about the issues. Yeah. I feel like a lot of this mm -hmm. is touching the lives of so many yes. people that at a point you can't ignore it you can't get apathetic to it whether you're democrat or republican or whatever you have to go to the polls and say i deserve something different yeah. so one thing i was thinking of when you mentioned don't tread on me like well they're treading on me yeah, these right. bills tread on they, me these, these bills tread on your lgbtq plus that's family right. members your gay right. trans family members well, and right friends. Your doctor's office. so and mm -hmm. when they're done treading on me they're going to come and tread on you right it doesn't seem like it but it, they will. Yeah. Right. So it's, you know, why vote for them? We need a rainbow. Why, do, why support them back. if they're just going to come for you next? And mm -hmm. right. when they get done with me, they're going to come for you. So, right. you know, it's, I don't know. It, it's, it, it does. It kind of, it kind of baffles me that we're in this, but at the same time, we're in this. So we got to solve it. Right. Hey, well, it goes back to the fact that these, the, the rights were hard fought mm -hmm. and are fragile and yes. continue to be fragile and i stand on the shoulders of every lgbtq per, lgbtq plus person who fought for the rights i currently have yeah so mm -hmm. okay. well this upcoming board of county commission meeting we have a mental health assessment that will be presented and hannah mm -hmm. has it pulled up here with some statistics it's hard to hear it's but really hard to hear it. yeah. I'm just going to say one because one is enough. And it's that LGBTQ young adults aged 18 to 25 have suicidal ideation at more than four times the rate of heterosexual young adults. And once again, that's just what's reported. And when you take into account the effect that these bills have, right. like Robin so perfectly stated that the point isn't for them to pass, it's that there's enough support that that it can it has the same effect and these bills and things like these bills are going to decrease that reporting and we're going to know less and we're not going to be able to provide resources to people who need them and that's that's one of the reasons i find these bills so insidious in targeting the education sector you know anecdotally i went camping last weekend i love checking out west florida and northwest florida i went to a new park in pasco county and To Kill a Mockingbird was in the fire pit. And Wait, that's in the a fire band pit? book. In the fire pit. It that's was my burned. Book. 
it was burnt and I picked it up and was like, what do I do with this? Because you my mom's on, a teacher. Oh my god! Put gosh. that on your mantle. That's a trophy. Yeah, I put I I put it in my car and I was disturbed the rest of the night because what it said to me is that the people who did this oh, are not so dangerous. Evil. They have been neglected. They've been failed by our educational system to wow. learn the importance of democracy and the fact that no healthy democracy has that happened. Yeah, it is fragile. And these bills and even bringing them up and broaching the idea when you have the power that you do as a governor and as a legislator is despicable, to say the very least. Yeah. And, and, and it matters. Statistics yeah. Go buy like a banned book. Yeah, statistics like that. The, the uh, LGBTQ plus kids are four, more, four times more likely to consider suicide. When you have these bills making it harder to get that number, but also right, also driving that number up, the effects of this is that more kids are going to die. Mm -hmm. That's what this means, right? And it's all for it's all for trying to get some people, some handful of people reelected. And I mean, that's all the, the whole paragraph includes the fact that suicide amongst most youth is like the second leading cause of death. So we're talking four times more likely. So it's it's already it's an extreme risk that's screaming us right in the face that we're turning a blind eye to and actually trying to rally the base of people who, I don't know if they applaud statistics like this. Like, how can you not... I don't know. Don't Once it. again, the I contradictions think they just aren't right? even because thinking about it. Because if you were, if you thought about your own child potentially being one of these children, what would you really do? But think of what happened to your your kids went to a school right before you started office where two kids committed suicide and it impacted so many of their friends. They had to get professional medical health and mental health advisors well, it's contagious. In there. You know, it, I mean, I think it's it a, that the is, whole school. It's a contagion because oh. depression, that type of depression is, you know, it, first of all, I think there's, I mean, we, we have a long way to go and understanding really the changes in, in adolescent brain. And I think that there is, there's so much like to the point of even when it's a very welcoming and open environment to be able to discuss the things that are happening in your body and in your mind and who you know you are versus how the world is, is defining you, you know, add the layers. And in, in those cases, add the layers of high achieving, high academic pressure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you realize that it's a recipe, it's a recipe for, for that kind of disaster. And so I think, you know, and I wanted to try to get there before we run out of time, but you know, what, how, how can we relay safe spaces, safe places, ways to feel some sense of control when all this feels so out of control? You can do that by being an advocate mm -hmm. and every second of your life, be an advocate. If a kid comes to you and wants to open up, be, be, be that the ear they can talk to be welcoming. And you don't have to understand all the vocab. You don't have to understand me from a scientific basis, but you just need to, you need to trust me when I say I am who I am. And you need to stand up for us when we're not in the room. It's, it's, it's just using your voice to help us because mm -hmm. we're not in every room. And at the end of the day, it's, we're here, we're trying to do, we're, we're doing this to try and save kids' lives. We're doing this to help 
kids because those kids are our future. And, you know, they said that about me. And we, we, we've achieved so much, but now we're starting to roll backwards mm-hmm. and we need to keep moving forward. Yes, right. So if, you, if, if your child, swear, if your child comes out to you and you show them anything, but if you don't show them love and you don't show them respect for who they are, then you're not a good parent. I'm, like right. at the end of the day, it's good parents love their children unconditionally. Right. right. And if you can't do that for whatever reason, you're not a good parent. And I think it's, I mean, it's one of those things that for me, who went through this with, you know, yeah. a child who came to me and I thought, I can't believe you didn't think I didn't know. <laughs> you, we, we know, you know, and I, yeah. I, I, I just wish that there was some way, you know, to, you know, obviously we, I try to make sure I've got a, a rainbow on me somewhere and I've got some cues to the world that I'm, I'm a safe person to talk to that if you need help or support, or if we're out in public and someone's making you feel scared or unsafe that I'm, I'm here. And then I'm now, I, I know I'm not alone in that. Like, I know that, that I'm not alone in that, that there are many people who would support you unconditionally even if it's not at home and and that's okay because home is where the heart is and we can make our homes bigger and our hearts always do grow. And I think having um, a community that loves you sometimes when your family can't is everything. Yeah. And you know, we can, if you're listening to this, you know, somebody, we can help get you connected to resources also that there is counseling available. There are, you know, really a, a lot of services and getting sometimes the people who need in the most, to the services is where we feel frustrated because we know that the need is there and we know that we've supported these entities to, to offer the support and we just want to get them together. So if you're listening to this and, and, and this touched a, a nerve or you know somebody or you're that somebody, um, please reach out to us. And, um, you know, I think it, we're not a crisis line. This would obviously be us trying to figure out the best place near you to access um, support services because you're not alone you're not alone if you do know someone who is battling with mental health and you think that they might be contemplating suicide please call 407-425-5201 which is lifeline of central florida Mm -hmm. and robin please tell the people how they can get involved and what groups in the community so for lgbtq plus rights uh there's the rainbow democrats um, and if you're not feeling uh, to join partisan politics, that's perfectly fine. Although what we do is pretty great and it's, it's very impactful. And I highly encourage you to check us out. You can go to rainbowdemocrats.org or follow us on, so- on pretty much any social media. Uh, other groups include volunteering at the center. Um, you have um, the Gender Awareness Project. You have uh, so many other key groups. Um, the uh, Bros and Convo Initiative and mm-hmm. um, the Zebra Coalition. Zebra Coalition. Uh, what's um, um, and I'm struggling to remember One them all. Foundation. Yeah, I was One Foundation. And we will put them all up online because I do think, regardless of what happens, um, Divas in Dialogue. Um, and so, <laughs> yes, Divas in Dialogue. That's it, exactly. Uh, but. Uh, and if you're looking just to get involved in more politically, there's, of course, the Democratic Party. I, I 
represent them. So of course I'm going to plug them. Um, but all sides, all different parties have representation here in Orange County. So you do you. But uh, there's also plenty of nonpartisan uh, groups as well. So it, just search what you love. And if it's LGBTQ plus politics, I'm hoping to hear from you. Uh, you could always email me directly at secretary at rainbowdemocrats.org. And let me tell you, it is such a great resource when I think it was the last election cycle when the amendments were kind of at the state. You talk about a way to, you know, go to one stop. They were, you know, the research that was laid out, the interviews, yeah. the, you know, so as somebody who likes to really do my homework, I love the amount of information that you put out. And obviously you heard her today because it was like, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's fast moving. We have uh, I've been making some infographics on our and you can see find them on our Facebook page that summarizes these bills uh, and you'll find one specifically for the don't say gay bill and i'm making one for the stop woke act since that's that's very impactful another thing about the stop woke act they take every instance of the word ethnicity and change it to color hmm. and they change every instance of the word gender to sex and it's like right okay i thought we were over that like decades ago okay Wow. Um, it, the, the one the, like I expected them to do that for gender to sex because they've been trying to do that yes. for years but it's it's ethnicity to color we're going back to that that's that bothers me a lot and it should it should bother all of us yeah well there is a rally for our collective rights hosted by one Orlando Alliance on February 26 at 12 o'clock it'll be at 400 South Orange Avenue 3301 so, I'll be there. I'll be there too. Okay, awesome. so where is that? Is that in front of? I think it's the courthouse. That's yeah. courthouse. Uh, okay, courthouse. Like, is that the, the, I feel like the courthouse. We'll be posting it. Yeah, we'll, it's either the courthouse or city hall. City hall. Yeah, either one. Actually, yeah. I, got, I think that might be city hall. But, okay, um, we'll be posting it for you. Yes. Mm -hmm. And thank you so much. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank well, you well, so I'm much. I'm so glad you're here. I'm yeah. so glad you're here. I don't mean that just here. No. <laughs> I mean on Earth. Yes. Yes, thank God. It just makes me feel so grateful um, and to be for this community and a voice. Um, you know, I did want to mention, I was thinking about it when we were listing things and places to go. I know OCPS high schools have safe coordinators who are also, mm -hmm. it is, you know. Get them so, when you can. It, right, before mm -hmm. these go through in case they're removed from, from their positions. But oftentimes it's someone you can have a conversation with and it's um, non, it's not consequential. They don't contact the teachers or the parents unless there's something you know a health problem or something they're worried about but otherwise it's a safe place to literally a safe place so it's mm -hmm. something that if at your high school if you're a high school student and I, many of the middle schools also have a contact awesome. yeah. thank you thank Bye. you for fighting the really Good hard fight. Fight. Well, thank you because like the three of you are our most vocal advocates in the county commission and so it is I'm it is sorry. a treasure to to have the group of you and uh i'm very glad to have been able to help you <laughs> thank you listen this but, is, we're going to keep going once we get through the session we can talk about some um more local we'll get back we get here the session i'm going to take uh a vacation a long nap <laughs> right yeah <laughs> right you've earned it well deserved exactly well i just have to say it's 2022 we've said it almost every single virtual office hour i think we should keep it going please vote Please vote. Check your registration. Make sure everyone you know is registered to vote. Sign up for vote by mail. I'm not kidding. That is the yeah. easiest way to vote. They Safe. are trying. They are trying every single year to make it harder for everyone to vote. 
vote by mail so far yes. is still the easiest way to vote because um, nobody likes waiting in line. Right. So, and if you're concerned, again, like I said earlier, if you're concerned about it getting lost in the mail or you waited too long and now it's not going to make it in time, you can drop them off, at least how it was uh, last in 2020, you could drop them off at early voting locations and just turn them in there. It was my favorite thing because I got to go see the Tibet Butler Preserve. That was one of the early voting locations. Right. So I you know, got a little day at the Tibet Butler Drop Preserve. It off Dropped off my mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. thank you Safe all secure. so much. Thank you again. Thank course, you, thank you. Please email district1 at ocfl.net if you have any questions and we will get you that information. See you soon. Thank you again, Robin. Bye.